And now introducing Mr. Keith Lanton. Hi, good morning. Today is Monday, May 9th, uh, second Monday of, uh, of May. And uh, so far, the old axiom, selling may go away. Looks like it may have uh, been uh, good advice. Uh, so far, the way the markets have uh, reacted both in the stock and bond markets. So we have a lot to talk about after uh, last week's uh, sell-off, especially uh, the uh, volatility following the announcement uh, from the Federal Reserve on their uh, interest rate policies. And then on Friday, we got uh, productivity numbers and uh, the cost uh, to manufacture goods uh, showing significant increase in costs. And uh, we saw a lot of uh, follow-through to the downside, and uh, we're seeing uh, lots of volatility this morning and a continuation of uh, of uh, what we saw on Friday, um, albeit uh, futures uh, are slightly off their worst levels, but uh, still significantly down uh, this morning. So we'll talk about all that. Uh, we'll talk about Barron's and uh, their uh, thoughts and uh, opinions over the weekend and uh, their outlook. And uh, then we'll share some ideas, especially uh, with uh, bond yields uh, moving higher for the first time in a long time, able to uh, get a meaningful return on uh, fixed income investments, um, both uh, both in the corporate markets, uh, municipal markets, in many cases trading uh, almost at 100% of uh, treasury yields, uh, some exceeding treasury yields. And uh, we also see opportunities in uh, preferred stocks as well. So uh, we'll share some thoughts there, and uh, Brad will give us uh, what what he's seeing in uh, in the bond market, and uh, what he's hearing from other uh, fixed income uh, fixed income uh, traders and uh, and analysts. So to set things uh, in perspective this morning, I'm going to start on a completely different uh, thought process and topic. Um, this is uh, a discussion that Warren Buffett had um, at the University of Georgia in 2019 with uh, students there and uh, the students asked him about his uh, definition of success and Warren Buffett is now 91 at this time he was 88 or 89 years old and uh, obviously getting up there in uh, in age and uh, despite his uh, vast wealth uh, we all know that's not going to uh, not going to translate into uh, being able to uh, do a lot to uh, extend your life uh, beyond a certain point so he said when you're nearing your end of life your only measure of success should be the number of people you want to have love you that actually do love you. I know people who have a lot of money and they get testimonial dinners. They even get hospital wings named after them. But the truth is that nobody in the world loves them, said Buffett. If you get to my age in life and nobody thinks well of you, I don't care how big your bank account is, your life is a disaster. He said the problem with love is that it's not for sale. The only way to get love is to be lovable. It's very irritating if you have a lot of money. You'd like to think you could write a check. I'll buy a million dollars worth of love. But it doesn't work that way. The more you give love away, the more you get. So think about that and what's important as uh, we get caught up in uh, the day-to-day gyrations in the financial markets and uh, attach uh, lots of importance uh, to what's taking place and uh, make all sorts of uh, thoughts about our futures based upon it and... uh, Perhaps uh, we are uh, losing sight of uh, what really matters and uh, the really big picture. So with that said, we will get uh, started and uh, and take a look at the financial markets. Um, and uh, they are looking uh, to the downside, as I said. 
Um, S&P futures right now are trading about 68 points or 1.7% below fair value. That's after the 10-year Treasury yield this morning uh, touched 3.2%, uh, which uh, is notable. Um, right now we're pulling back. We're, we're down to 3.14%. Um, I had read over the weekend that some uh, had felt that uh, three and a quarter was uh, a very good uh, buying point on the uh, 10-year Treasury, so we almost got there uh, this morning. Uh, Two-year yields down three basis points to a 266, so yield curve is a little bit uh, flatter. The 30-year is up four basis points to a 326, and the five-year is kind of where it's all pivoting around, relatively unchanged, at 3.04%. Um, after the uh, April employment report, showed a decline in the labor force participation rate last Friday. Uh, the market this morning is hearing of a complicated and grave employment situation in China due to COVID lockdowns, and that is from the Chinese premier. Um, and that's one of the uh, further uh, pressures that the market is feeling this morning is the pressure uh, from China because of their COVID lockdowns. And uh, this is uh, another uh, strike to... The confidence of the market uh, in a market that was already struggling with confidence. Um, so we are in a situation where bad news is bad news, good news is bad news, and uh, this is uh, just uh, you know another uh, another another piece of, uh, of 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 bad news on the uh, on the employment front and uh, on the uh, growth story as China continues uh, their lockdowns and that hasn't gotten as much attention as perhaps it would have if. Not for the uh, Russian uh, w war in Ukraine, which has gotten a lot of the uh, headlines. And in fact, this morning the headlines there um, are surprising um, to the uh, to the positive side, in the sense that uh, today is uh, May 9th, which is a, a big Russian holiday celebrating uh, European uh, victory over uh, Germany in World War II. Uh, the Russians uh, had borne a significant uh, brunt of that of the uh, livelihoods and cost and uh, personnel versus the Germans, so it's a very dear holiday in, in Russia, and many had expected uh, Vladimir Putin to uh, ratchet up his uh, bellicose uh, rhetoric, and at least so far um, that hasn't happened, uh, but the market's uh, focusing on this China news. So with equity futures uh, and treasuries are now slightly to the downside, we are seeing weakness uh, in oil this morning. It's down about $2.50. Even gold is down. Uh, which uh, often is viewed as a safe haven, is trading down $17, a um, little less than 1%. Investors are de-risking into cash and hedging against further equity losses. Uh, U.S. dollar index is up slightly this morning, all the way up to almost 104. Um, and for those of you who are looking at contrarian indices, the SIBO volatility index is up 13% to 34 this morning. Uh, readings above 30 are typically seen as uh, as, as perhaps portending uh, heightened anxiety. Um, and approaching levels that uh, may uh, be inflection points uh, to the markets to uh, to start to recover. I'm getting up to 34. Some would say is getting there. Getting to 40 is really getting there. So uh, perhaps uh, silver lining here to the bad news is once it gets really bad, perhaps uh, it's uh, it's so bad that uh, the next step might be uh, a little less bad. Today's economic data is limited to wholesale inventories for March. Uh, expected to be at 2.3%. That's at 10 o'clock. Uh, perhaps the biggest uh, number we're going to see this week will be the Consumer Price Index for April, um, which will be released on Wednesday. Um, individual stocks in the news, uh, Rivian down this morning. Uh, this is uh, electric vehicle automaker. Um, 
Ford is an investor. Amazon um, is both an investor as well as a uh, company agreeing to purchase some Rivian vehicles. Um, Rivian trading around 28 had been as high as almost 130 uh, less than six months ago, and Ford announcing that they're going to be selling their stake now that the lockup has expired. Um, so uh, clearly a vote of uh, minimal confidence here or no confidence from Ford. Uh, um, they couldn't sell previously, but um, perhaps a lesson to some um, when looking at the stock prices and saying, well, I can't sell it here. It was 100 points higher. Um, Ford pulling the trigger here, uh, 100 points lower on Rivian. Um, also in the news is Palantir, um, which had been uh, one of the uh, high-flying uh, stocks uh, just uh, six to nine months ago. Um, that stock is down about 14% to about $8 a share after missing earnings per share estimates and guiding second quarter revenue below consensus. Um, one uh, consumer goods company that uh, is seeing a modest move to the upside is Cody, C-O-T-Y, after beating top and bottom line estimates and raising its 2022 guidance um, to in line with expectations. Duke Energy, symbol D-U-K, down about 30 cents this morning, uh, about three-tenths of 1% after missing earnings per share estimates on above consensus uh, revenue. The company did reaffirm its 2022 guidance. Um, Uber this morning, uh, perhaps uh, foreshadowing what uh, may be to come in uh, lots of uh, uh, companies, uh, especially technology companies. Uh, Uber saying that they are going to cut costs, slow down hiring, um, and uh, be slashing expenditures on things like marketing and incentive activities, uh, saying that uh, working at Uber is uh, now going to become a privilege. Um, expect uh, potentially to see more of this as companies uh, striving to become not just uh, EBITDA profitable, but truly profitable um, in terms of gap accounting um, now that uh, the markets uh, are reassessing what they value. Um, so we may see uh, technology companies uh, reducing staff um, as well as uh, reining in uh, benefits and uh, reining in some of their uh, um, more discretionary spending. Um, this is perhaps some of the activity the Federal Reserve uh, would like to see to uh, to contribute to a slowdown in the economy. Um, and we're starting to see that uh, from a company like Uber. Overseas, um, equities in uh, the Asia-Pacific region began on a mostly lower note. Um, Hong Kong's Hang Seng was closed for a holiday. Japan was down 2.5%. China was up one-tenth of 1%. India down seven-tenths of 1%. Korea down over 1%, as well as Australia. Major European in indices trade lower across the board. Um, markets down almost 2% in, and exceeding 2% in a handful of, uh, of uh, the European uh, Borises. Uh, the major news coming out of Europe was that uh, EU officials uh, are struggling to agree on a sixth set of sanctions uh, to uh, bar the import of uh, Russian oil. Um, on opposition, uh, predominantly from uh, Hungary being the most uh, vocal, but uh, also Greece, Cyprus, and Malta, all uh, expressing uh, their uh, their concerns uh, for um, their economies if, uh, if they halt uh, importing Russian oil. Um, other news uh, this morning... Um, Bloomberg reporting um, that uh, President Biden will address uh, inflation tomorrow. The administration, they say, is considering lowering some tariffs. Um, and uh, Bloomberg also reporting that Saudi Arabia is uh, reducing uh, the price that they are uh, asking for their oil, um, perhaps uh, one of the reasons between, behind uh, oil's uh, decline in price this morning. White House today uh, is unveiling a pack with Internet companies to reduce prices for uh, lower-income uh, households. 
um, these uh, agreements uh, taking place uh, without any uh, financial incentive um, with uh, many of the leading uh, Internet service providers like Verizon and Comcast um, agreeing to cut prices or increase speeds for millions of uh, U.S. families uh, with uh, lower uh, incomes here in the United States to enable uh, those households uh, to have access uh, that uh, some wealthier households have, and uh, that's viewed as uh, positive for uh, the youth in those households uh, as they uh, as they uh, seek to learn more and compete against uh, wealthier uh, wealthier households uh, and get the same level of education. What do we have to look forward to this week? Uh, lots of earnings. I mentioned a few already this morning. Um, Wednesday, Disney reports its uh, fiscal 2022 uh, results. Uh, stock has been the worst performer in the Dow over the past year over concerns about spending on content. Um, over the weekend, uh, the uh, Disney movie about Doctor Strange um, uh, exceeded estimates uh, in terms of box office receipts and uh, demonstrating that uh, Americans uh, are uh, going back out uh, to entertainment venues and uh, and spending and uh, Disney uh, will give us a better indication of what they're seeing at uh, at their theme parks uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Also Wednesday, Toyota Motor releases their earnings, um, and as I mentioned, uh, perhaps uh, the most uh, carefully watched number of the week is uh, Wednesday CPI index for April. Expectations are for an 8.1 percent year-over-year rate reading, uh, while the core, which excludes volatile food and energy, is jumping is seen jumping 5.9%. Thursday, we have investor days and annual shareholder meetings from Micron, Ford, Intel, and Verizon. And Thursday um, delivers the producer price index for April. Estimate there is for a 10.6% year-over-year rise compared with 11.2% the previous month. Thursday, we also get the weekly jobless claims report. Looking for that to come in at 184000 and we get the University of Michigan releasing consumer sentiment for May. Uh, markets are looking for that number to come in about down two points to 63. Um, we'll see if consumer sentiment's uh, being affected uh, by the uh, drop in the financial markets. Moving on to uh, Barron's. Barron's uh, cautioning uh, that uh, the sell-off in stocks uh, may not be over, um, which uh, I guess we're seeing that uh, right now. Uh, Barron saying there could be more downside ahead for the markets in the up and down Wall Street column. Like Winnie the Pooh in the 100 Acre Forest, investors have lived with the naive worldview that everything will be all right, and that kind of thinking can get you mauled in a bear market. The Nasdaq is already in a bear market, and uh, Barron says the S&P is likely to do the same, even though it hasn't meant the precise definition of a 20% drop just yet. Uh, S&P is down about 14% from its January all-time high. Um, while nearly half of the stocks within the S&P have already declined at least 50% as their valuations contract and their earnings uh, decelerate. It's the kind of sell-off in the past that would have sent investors shuffling into the market to buy their favorite stocks, knowing that no serious harm would come to them. Uh, but now the mindset has changed. Any strength that transpires in equity markets is being used as an opportunity to sell, um, which is a sign that the path of least resistance uh, for the moment repa- remains to the downside, and uh, that's the path unless uh, we see evidence uh, to the contrary. Um, nothing was clearer than that than the reaction in the past week to the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. Fed didn't surprise anyone when it raised rates by half a point and announced details of how it will wind down its balance sheet. 
and it didn't get much reaction to that announcement when it came out. It was only when Fed Chairman Powell said the central bank doesn't plan to raise interest rates by three-quarters of a point that the market took off, and the S&P was up 3% or its largest gain since May of 18, May 18 of 2020 when that uh, took place last Wednesday. Even then, uh, that felt a bit off. Chairman Powell said uh, that the neutral rate uh, of the economy, he felt, was uh, 2 to 3%. Um, on Thursday, markets had an opportunity to digest that and concluded that uh, those numbers seemed awfully low given the current pace of inflation. Many uh, strategists came out saying that they feel that the neutral rate is as high as 4% and expressed concern that it would be difficult to tame inflation without causing an economic slowdown despite Chairman Powell's goal of a soft or softish, softish landing. Um, then we got uh, further data. Uh, raising uh, concerns on Friday, which was the uh, payrolls data. Um, that was a mixed report, but the market chose to focus on the more concerning um, aspects of that report um, and uh, really choosing to focus on uh, the labor force participation rate, um, which uh, did not budge to the upside. Um, in other words, despite the higher wages that are occurring in the uh, marketplace, uh, more people are not uh, choosing to work and uh, this means that those higher wages are not uh, so far incentivizing enough people to get back to work, um, raising concerns that wages may need to increase even more. And uh, that is something that's got uh, the markets uh, deeply concerned about inflation. So as I kind of mentioned earlier, we're in an environment where good news is bad news and bad news is bad news. Um, the good news there is that could ultimately turn into good news. Not quite as crazy as it sounds. Um, because uh, when uh, when bear markets uh, end, they typically end uh, when everyone who needs to sell needs to sell has sold, um, and that only happens when you have a reason to sell. So bad news induces selling, and that that selling uh, causes uh, causes uh, more selling, and selling begets selling, and uh, getting the selling out of the way is how a low happens. Um, we're seeing that in the pickup in the volatility index, the VIX. And we're seeing that uh, in uh, many other sentiment indicators, um, one of which is the American Association of Individual Investors. Um, sentiment there, um, bullish respondents, uh, just 16.4% two weeks ago, um, recent low. Um, that number did bounce back in the middle of last week to about 26% uh, reporting themselves as bullish. Um, but we'll see uh, what the uh, next reading uh, this week looks like uh, with the markets uh, having reversed course at the end of last week. And now we're setting ourselves up uh, at the beginning of this week to some more negativity. We'll see um, what uh, that bullish uh, sentiment indicator looks like this week. So what to look for um, in order to look for a, uh, a change in direction of the market. Um, bear markets don't end because we want them to. Usually something happens to change sentiment. Uh, four things to look out for um, for that sentiment change. Um, one is, is if the Fed changes its tune and uh, becomes less hawkish. Uh, one would be a, uh, a significant drop in the price of oil. Um, another would be if the dollar uh, rally uh, starts to stall or uh, dollar starts to actually move down meaningfully in value. Or the fourth reason is uh, that uh, assets uh, become so cheap they become irresistible. Um, and uh, people start putting money back to work. To back to work. Um, if such developments do not unfold, um, then perhaps uh, we may be in for some more rough, rough sledding um, in the near term. Barron's ran another article 
Uh, the stock market is taking a beating. It won't end soon. Um, we are seeing a market where the picture is of a market rapidly swinging from rewarding growth at all costs to valuing profits and cash flow above all. Uh, we saw that in the Uber announcement just this morning. Um, winning stocks and sectors of the past decade are out of favor or quickly moving out of favor. Uh, stocks with relatively low valuations and high cash generating businesses um, look like to be the best place for investors to weather uh, this storm. Many of the highest free cash flow yielding stocks in the S&P that trade for below average earnings multiples are in the banking and financial sector. Uh, so this may be a place uh, to look for some value and opportunity. Uh, the real million-dollar question in financials is uh, the known unknown, which is just how much the economy uh, may deteriorate as a result of uh, these higher rates and uh, the slowdown in the economy and how much that will affect loan losses. Um, so depending on your answer to that question may determine whether or not uh, you view uh, this as an opportunity in the banking space, especially as uh, these interest rates uh, have ticked up. Uh, so banks are earning more on their money. At the same time, um, if you looked at the, the rate that you're earning on your savings or checking accounts, you probably noticed they have not ticked up nearly as much as interest rates. Uh, so banks are keeping most of that uh, for themselves. One strategy that Barron's talked about uh, in this market here that uh, that may make sense uh, for uh, investors is to start thinking about uh, uh, writing naked puts or selling covered calls in this marketplace. Um, this is for clearly for uh, investors uh, who are understanding of the uh, the risks and the rewards uh, of doing so. Um, but when you have a market where uh, the where the greed and the fear are so extreme. Um, as we are experiencing currently, um, this creates an environment where uh, risk premiums uh, for options uh, grow to levels uh, that uh, that uh, could reward those uh, who have patience and are willing to uh, to in invest in uh, America's uh, companies um, at prices that meet their price target. Um, so, for example, if uh, if if you're Interested or willing to buy a company at a discount of 20 to 30 percent from already discounted values, and you're willing to uh, willing to uh, step up and buy that company uh, six or nine months in the future, the amount of uh, premium or the amount that someone is willing to pay you um, to step up and buy that company if the price were to drop um, has increased significantly, um, and if you're willing to own that company at that discount. Uh, to the current valuation um, anyway, um, good opportunity to get paid far more to be willing to do that than you were just uh, six months ago um, as the VIX has uh, has almost tripled um, in the past few weeks. going to move on and uh, talk about uh, the bond market and then turn things over to, uh, to Brad. Uh, two articles in Barron's uh, suggesting uh, that uh, there are uh, creeping opportunities in uh, in fixed income. Um, finally, uh, some income in fixed income. Uh, one article um, talks about uh, preferred stocks. Uh, they say they've plunged so far this year, but there are opportunities if you know where to look. Uh, the preferred stock market has suffered one of its worst sell-off in decades as yields on leading bank preferred issues have risen to about 6% from 4% with yields at nearly their highest level in five years. Um, some preferreds have fallen nearly 30% in price this year. This is largely <coughs> fixed-rate preferreds um, that have uh, perpetual maturities. Uh, most preferreds are perpetual. 
Um, but there are many um, that are not fixed rate but are variable rate, and we'll talk about both um, here in this uh, discussion. Um, on the positive side, when looking at preferreds, there are two primary concerns. Um, one is interest rate risk, which is clearly the risk that the uh, market uh, is uh, focused on currently as rates have risen. Uh, the second is uh, credit quality. Uh, the good news is uh, that uh, the underlying credit of, of most preferred issues uh, remains strong. Uh, many of the preferred issuers are financials or banks, um, and their credit profile has not meaningfully changed in the last few months. Um, so one leg of that two-legged stool remains intact. Um, the biggest losses have come in preferreds issued last year that had historically low dividend yields. Uh, J.P. Morgan uh, issued uh, their uh, a preferred um, last year with a 4.2% uh, dividend rate. Uh, symbol was J.P.M. Preferred M is in Mary. It was a $2 billion issue. It's dropped almost 30% from 25 to 18, and it's uh, currently yielding about 5.85%. Wells Fargo um, also issued a preferred last year at 25. Um, it's Wells Fargo preferred Z is in Zebra. Um, it's now trading at 19.50, and it's delivering a yield of 6.1%. Uh, uh, for a name outside the... Uh, the banking sector, uh, AT&T, symbol uh, T is in telephone, has a 4.75% preferred they recently issued. Preferred C is in Charles, trading around 19 and a quarter, and it's currently yielding about 6.15%. Buying preferreds at discounts to their face value mitigates one of the problems with the upside. Preferreds generally can be redeemed by the issue in five years, limiting their upside. But if you're buying at these steep discounts, there is significant upside uh, potential. Um, one other preferred that was uh, issued just uh, about uh, 10 days ago, um, and this is a preferred that has a fixed rate coupon for five years, um, and then it floats to a spread of 3.23% uh, um, over the five-year treasury. Um, this is a Bank America uh, preferred. Uh, it was a $2 billion issue, and the series is TT, Tango Tango. So in this issue, which is currently trading around uh, 99, uh, you receive a dividend rate of 6.15%. Um, and then in five years, if the issue is not called and uh, Bank America remains in good standing, um, then the issue uh, will uh, will float to a 3.23% uh, rate above the uh, five-year treasury. Five-year treasury is around 305 right now. So, you know, in today's world, that would be about a 607 yield, so roughly in line with the uh, current uh, current coupon rate of 6.125%. <coughs> Keep in mind, preferreds offer tax advantages. Dim dividends normally are taxed favorably, like common stock payouts, since preferreds are a senior form of equity. While preferred stock is less secure than debt, companies are loath to omit preferred dividends, in part because common dividends can't be paid unless preferred payouts are being met. And uh, the next article, and then I'll turn it over to Brad, um, in Barron's in the income investing column. Uh, bonds are starting to look attractive. Investors, uh, though, should be careful not to uh, chase yield. Um, bond yields uh, remained ultra low for many years, and uh, investors uh, started looking at uh, different uh, means to receive uh, income. Many looked at dividend-paying stocks um, because uh, they could not uh, generate the income they needed to uh, sustain their livelihoods in the fixed income markets. Uh, but now as the Federal Reserve uh, continues to raise interest rates and tighten monetary policy, 
the competitive landscape uh, between bonds and dividend-paying stocks has changed dramatically and swiftly. Um, investors uh, that uh, had to uh, chase yield in uh, common stocks are now taking a uh, hard look again at, uh, at, uh, at bonds. And it's not just individual investors. Many are reporting that institutional investors, such as pension funds and insurers, um, are showing a strong interest in corporate bonds once again, um, especially investment-grade corporates that are yielding uh, 4.5% to 5%. <coughs> uh, some individuals um, have been putting money into municipal bonds, where yields have nicely risen this year as well. Um, we're starting to see <coughs> municipal bonds in the 15 to 20 year range, um, with, uh, with yields, uh, over 4%. And this is for, uh, A or better paper. Um, so many investors in higher tax brackets looking at yields of 6, 7, or 8% tax equivalent yields on, uh, on municipal bonds. With that, I'll turn it over to, uh, Brad. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, everyone. Hope everybody had a nice weekend. Uh, personally, I found it very therapeutic uh, during these last few uh, weeks and months and these very difficult markets to watch as little news and read as little about the markets as possible uh, during the weekend. I know Keith isn't going to be thrilled that I said that, but it's the truth. And uh, sometimes you just have to clear your head uh, when you're in this kind of bear market. Uh, and we've all been through a few of them. And we all know that they come and they go. Uh, but while it's happening, it's painful, it's depressing, and uh, but you know that there's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, it's it's been it has been a bear market, and this has been a bear market with no period of consolidation, which I've only seen uh, two or three times in my career. Uh, usually, uh, you you have the falling knife, and uh, people come in at a certain point and support the market. In municipals, you have crossover buyers come in and support the market. This market, I've seen nothing anywhere, and it's very, very diff. It's a very difficult market, one of the most difficult, probably the most difficult I've seen in my career. Uh, the old saying, "Buy when there's blood in the streets," in my opinion, is now here. I, my personal belief is that we're oversold everywhere and in everything, and um, without having one period of consolidation, uh, at minimum, even if a longer-term ter- uh, trend has been set. Uh, I've never seen a period without at least a period of consolidation, and I think that we're due. I don't know what's going to set it off, but we, it will happen. Uh, the flow that I happen to be seeing in municipals uh, has really picked up. I'm seeing a lot more real buyers coming into the market. I'm not seeing the crossover buyers, uh, but I am seeing real buyers come to the market. Uh, some of you have been buying more. And, uh, but where I really see the action is in my wholesale trading. Uh, just share with you where I'm seeing the activity, uh, is in the following. Certainly, uh, for retail investors, 20 year 4% bonds at par, uh, have been, uh, tremendous. Uh, you know, there, if, if, if someone were, were to take your money and say, hey, listen, I guarantee you 7% a year, uh, you'd say that's a pretty good rate of return. Well, that's pretty easily where 4% bonds are on a taxable equivalent yield. Uh, a lot of retail's coming in more conservatively for 3% 10-year bonds at par uh, and, and, and a discount. And then big, big money, uh, institutional money and real super ultra high net worth have been coming in for 2 to 5-year munis at 2 to 2.5%. 
uh, on the taxable uh, on a taxable yield basis. As Keith mentioned earlier, these levels actually really do provide a rate of return that is more than just a portfolio placeholder. Uh, these uh, levels now can can be considered a, a rate of return. Uh, the one area that's not performing, which will be the best area to buy at a certain point, are the deep discounts. Uh, all these 2% bonds, 3% that are trading in the 70s and 80s, when this market turns, those bonds are going to fly. And uh, right now, there's just no liquidity on it. Um, additionally, let's all keep uh, an eye on the economic numbers that are coming out this week. Very important, maybe the most important will I hate to say this, but maybe the most important we'll ever see. Uh, the CPI on Wednesday and on Thursday, we have PPI and initial jobless claims. Uh, the markets are going to move on these numbers. In the meantime, as Keith uh, sort of alluded to earlier in his opening uh, comments, let's breathe, let's think rationally, uh, let's not panic, uh, and let's realize that uh, these markets, as well as, as life, uh, do go in cycles, and uh, we're just in a cycle right now. That's not one that is uh, a part of the cycle that's enjoyable to be in. But we've all been here, and we know that uh, we'll come out on the other side uh, okay. Anyway, I hope everyone has a great week, and uh, I'll pass back to Keith. Thanks. That's everything I've got. Thank you for listening to Mr. Keith Lanton. This podcast is available on most platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. For more information, please visit our website at www.heraldlantern.com. Opinions expressed herein are subject to change and not necessarily the opinion of the firm. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. The information presented herein is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide personal investment advice. It is important that you consider your tolerance for risk and investment goals when making investment decisions. Investing in securities does involve risk and the potential of losing money. The material does not constitute research, investment advice, or trade recommendations.